And away we go with episode 61 of Queen's Speech. I am here with my regular sidekick, Dennis Kavanagh. <laughs> and uh, we, who recently had a birthday, didn't you, Dennis? Oh, I did. I did. Another, another year older. Yep. <laughs> and, did you, and did you do anything nice for it? Um, yeah, I, I, I went out with a few mates, had, uh, had a few beers, but um, I'm kind of adjourning birthday stuff to probably later today. So, oh, uh, good I'm idea. Get a nice good idea. Lunch with the husband is what I'm up to. Yeah. Did you did you receive my birthday card? Uh, I, my my electronic birthday card. Oh, did I? I don't. I don't believe. I probably have done, Clive, but it's probably buried in a hundred emails. Sorry. I said. I, well, I, I sent it that. to you on on um, on WhatsApp. It was an image of you oh. with your head transplanted onto Lil Nas X's body, and <laughs> I entitled it "Luton Lil Nas X." Yeah, sorry, I did see that, but I just assumed that it was standard abuse. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't clock that it was a birthday card. I thought it was just more Luton Lil-based mick taking. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, thank you very much indeed for that, mate. I, I should have, I should have flagged it as a birthday card, but um, yeah. I won't be publicising it anywhere else other than the thank private you. Twitter group that I am a part of. But never mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have a smorgasbord, a birthday cake yeah. of gender nonsense today. Yeah. We yeah. are going to be yeah. talking about, we're going to be returning to the subject of Roisin Murphy and BBC mm -hmm. shenanigans. We are going yeah. to be talking about Graham Linehan's new book and the trans queer meltdown about Richard Ayoade <laughs> writing a favourable comment about it. We're going to be mm. talking about uh, uh, Miss Kathy Burke and how that relates to uh, Graham Linehan's book as well. And mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about the conversion therapy bill, plus yeah. some podcast recommendations and uh, another shout out to Rebecca Says No for uncovering some um, tomfoolery with the GMC register. So, yeah. and, and there is one more thing, which is we'll very briefly just talk about some cases coming out of the United States, medical negligence cases oh, in the field yes, of gender. Yes, yes. That look like, um, look like they might be promising. So that's the last item, I think. Marvellous. Marvellous. So let's start with um, Roisin Murphy. Now, as regular listeners mm. will know, and people who follow this debate will know, Roisin Murphy was the subject of a huge pylon on social media for stating some completely uncontroversial views and views that are actually in line with the CAS review uh, recommendations mm. about puberty blockers on her personal Facebook account in a private conversation. So one of yeah. the junior spies of the gender movement decided to publicize this far and wide on social media. She ended up with her record label saying they wouldn't promote her new album. And she had a couple of gigs cancelled in London as a result of this. And it turns out, it has turned out since, that the BBC uh, on Radio 6 
removed uh, Roisin Murphy from a scheduled program just weeks after she faced this online pile-on. They were set to broadcast five hours of Murphy's songs, interviews, concert highlights as part of a six-music artist collection, which uh, there's some kind of rotation of artists, I think, and so every now and then they'll do a sort of showcase of the artist. I never listened to Radio 6. Um, So this was expected to be aired between midnight and 5 a.m. on the Monday just gone and repeated at the same time on Tuesday. This was replaced by a showcase of the rapper Little Sims. Now, that was the story on September 12th. On September 13th, the story became that um, the BBC denied Roisin Murphy's recent comments on puberty blockers were the reason that she had been removed from a scheduled programme, insisting that, the quote, quote, the decision had been taken to align with poetry, rap and spoken word programming that is due to air on the same week. A BBC spokesman said, the artist collections from our archive are regularly on rotation and frequently change to reflect station-wide initiatives as they get confirmed. Little Sim- hmm. Sims was scheduled to reflect Six Music's Way With Words programming, which celebrates poetry, rap and spoken word, and airs the following week tying in with National Poetry Day. There was no other reason for the change. Roisin Murphy has been played on Six Music recently, and our artist collection remains in rotation. Well, hmm. you can make of that what you will, um, but it does seem to be remarkably coincidental, if you ask me. Doesn't it? It does. It? I, I, as, as you probably know, Clive, there were plenty of rumours that what in fact happened was that there was a meeting at the BBC and that the participants of that meeting, no doubt including the very powerful and very active workplace pride group, which, you know, uh, is a remnant. Or we, let us remind ourselves the BBC were fully signed up to the Stonewall gigs weren't they um uh-huh. th- this or this group or members thereof or affiliates thereof um, set about cancelling this woman in the fashion that you've described this would not be the first time that group has acted in that fashion malcolm clark put out or retweeted a, a, a thread where he was speaking to some characters from this group who were quite open with him and said that they deliberately sought to um, try and influence editorial lines in the case of science programming. And that's significant, isn't it? Because science programming will yes. inevitably include gender-type questions. And, and uh-huh. his comment, with which I agree, was, if look, if they do that for science, the idea that they wouldn't do it on their home turf of entertainment is is a joke. And when one is judging how convincing the BBC explanation is that you've just outlined, um, I thought it's significant that some bright spark went back through the sort of back catalogue of BBC Six. And she's all but been expunged from the record. There's a few sort of interviews with her, but people are rightly up in arms saying this is a bit Stalinist. You've wiped her from... Um, the, the history books. The I, so I don't I don't know what what you think about it, Clive. You said make of it what you will, but I don't regard what the BBC are saying as remotely credible. I, I don't regard. I think this coincidence of this 
private Facebook comment, and I repeat, as I've said before, Roisin was standing up for, you know, um, gay gay kids or gay youth, um, autistic kids, looks after kids, right? She's doing the right thing. She's doing what gay charities should be doing. Um, I don't mm-hmm. regard, I, I, well, I, I put it in these terms. I think the idea that this is a coincidence stretches credulity to breaking point. This is oh, not a coincidence. Absolutely. This this woman is being cancelled, and she's being cancelled by our national broadcaster. That's yeah. really quite concerning, and I think it's more concerning than if this was a private outfit, because we all, we all pay for this, right? It's supposed to be independent. It's supposed to not get involved in political rails and uh, here it is it, it seems to me on the evidence doing precisely that and theref- therefore it is engaged in what can only be described as a form of McCarthyism let us remember that one of the features of McCarthyism was its effect on Hollywood right if, yeah. if you you know if you crossed Senator McCarthy you would not work um Arthur Miller and, and Co. You know, obviously spoke about that, didn't they? That was one of the features of this parallel example of a panic and of speech control. And yes, I understand the BBC have a mountain of complaints about this. Good. I also mm-hmm. understand Rasheen's album remains riding high. Good. Yep. And I think I think we ought to keep the pressure up. I think we should keep buying this album. Um, and I think we need to hold the BBC to account on this because this is this is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous that they are now operating to police freedom of speech. So I'm afraid that's my rather damning assessment of it. I just I think they're lying to us. I think they're lying to us as well. I mean, it just does seem rather too coincidental to be anything else than a sort of fabricated after the fact justification. Um, I don't find it convincing whatsoever. And um, National Poetry uh, Day is in October. So I don't quite know how this fits in, but apparently they're telling us that it does. It Mm. just seems very convenient to me. And also, when you look back at what they've done previously, um, it becomes even less coincidental, even less convincing that it's coincidental. Because on Mm. a previous occasion, they saw fit to broadcast a song called They Them by a band called Dream Nails. And... uh, The uh, lyrics include the following, Call me a girl again, kick turfs all day, don't break a sweat. Call me a girl again, trans power is forever. Call me a girl again, my gender's not your business. Call me a girl again, non-binary resistance. Um, (laughs) This also caused a mountain of complaints. The BBC complaints team said, people will interpret songs with any element of nuance or ambiguity differently. I don't know right. about you, Dennis, but I can't see mm-hmm. much nuance or ambiguity in kick turfs all day, don't break a sweat. Yeah, well, as ever, first point, the so-called art, music, poetry, whatever it is that this lot produce is risible, right? They're not even good lyrics. That's the, you know, that's the first point. They're banal. I understand this is quite a middle class, overindulged, bourgeois little group who 
say such embarrassing things as they are quote urban witches who do not make songs they make hexes i mean you know these people are deluded <laughs> if, they, if they weren't doing this they'd be in just stop oil wouldn't they they're probably all called henrietta or jacinta i mean that is one of the odd features about this story i th i understand that the group comprises four women and they are in you know even if you're on the other side of the debate quote kick turfs all day i mean you are actively sort of singing about i call it singing um inflicting violence on women it's like what the yes. hell and, and we're told that this should be approached with nuance well where was your nuance about Roisin's comments her well-made comments mm -hmm. which as 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 you as you correctly pointed out a, a view shared by autism specialist dr hillary cass where's yeah. the nuance when it comes to that there there is none this is a very very clear sign of bias is it not and i don't know if you caught the newsnight interview did you Chloe? if you, you you may have been lucky enough to miss it but there was a rather I don't know, up himself looking chap in a hat. He's probably balding, one suspects, wearing a hat like that. Oh, do you mean, yeah. um, what's it called? RXY or something? That RYX. RYX, is, is his yeah. Name, yes. They, they, he's, he's, he's a musician of some kind, isn't he? And he's, his album was released by Ninja Tunes, which is also Roisin Murphy's label. Yeah, and if you asked artificial intelligence to generate a sort of beardy, woke bro, mansplaining gender muller, it would come up with this guy. Like he's, he's they're like off a production line. These blokes, aren't they? Um, yeah. And what he, what he said was, "quote What I think about this is dot 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 is zooming back and thinking about the idea of accountability versus cancel culture." Ah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? When it's it, it's always accountability when they're cancelling a woman you know that's that's yes. always the line they come out with accountable for what mr x i mean it's r is r y the first name i don't know Acc mm. accountable for what? accountable for making perfectly sensible comments mm. accountable for um speaking about an issue that newsnight itself has raised brilliantly yep. uh, uh, funnily enough as it happens in the form of hannah barnes who i think has recently left but mm -hmm. obviously she broke the tavistock story on newsnight mm -hmm. they get this beardy bro on to basically say oh cancelling her isn't that bad like, well tell you what newsnight and you know i hesitate to criticize newsnight it has been good on ish on gender mm. it's I mean, only only in so far as Hannah Barnes is concerned. If I'm honest, it's also had some absolute shockers, mm -hmm. like um, yeah, Sarah Sarah Smith ambushing Glinner, and I think they were pretty awful to Kira Bell when she went on as well. But in terms of this this um, segment and and balance, well, why can't why can't we have I don't know Helen Joyce on? Um, why, why can't we have Rasheen on? Why can't we speak to Rasheen ab about it? Why can't well, we have yes. someone on to say, actually, Alice Cooper said pretty much the same thing and he didn't get cancelled, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Beard, Mr. Beard and Hat boy, you know, <laughs> why, why are you only... I can't be doing with the beards and the hats, I really can't, but anyway, oh, why it, are you, you know... It got worse. It got Go worse. On. He said about how re um, accountability... <laughs> Uh, is can be a beautiful reflective surface where people can grow and become their own role models by saying, I honor that I made mistakes. Come on, Bloody this hell. is the smug... I mean, someone's got religion, haven't they? I mean, that's oh. pure cult chat, isn't it? 
Well, it's the smug ramblings of a man who never thinks (laughs) he is going to be held accountable in this way. Yeah. It's you know, and he's talking as if he's some like religious prophet or something. It's like <sighs> what I really, what what gets me about these sorts of chaps is this, um, mate, Mister Hat, Mister Beer. He does look a bit like Mister Hat actually from South Park. But anyway, Mister um, Hat, what what is going on here is that you are a coward and you are doing the single easiest thing. A, a chap with a beard and a hat can do, and that is to go along with gender, which you know is tacitly supported by the BBC, is the easiest thing to say in your industry, won't get you cancelled, is the popular fad. And you are simply going along with these matters. You, you are a coward and Roisin is brave. And this pseudo-religious chat about, you know, like it's almost like he's talking about the sacrament of confession, isn't it? Well, yeah, um, there's a very, there is a very uh, uh, religious tone to it. You know, this is about really repentance. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, I wish these people could hear themselves sometimes. You you sound like joyless Puritans. That's what you sound like. And well, that's what s- you act like. Yes, they sound like that because that's what they are. He, yeah. he would have been merrily yeah. stoking the bundles of timber underneath witches back in the 16th <laughs> century. You just know he would, going, this is not burning. This is accountability. You need to yeah. engage with this beautiful, reflective space. <laughs> That's right. You know, big, big brave boys. Mistakes. Yeah, quite. You know, big brave boys like this wouldn't have crossed Senator McCarthy or even thought about it. They would no. have snapped right into line. You know, some some years ago, they would be doing TV shows condemning Arthur Miller and Marilyn Monroe and anyone yeah. else who challenged him. These are these are cowards. They happen again and again in mm-hmm. history. Um, what a pathetic performance! And pathetic, you know, when, let's when we take all that evidence together, right? So when we take the BBC Six um, actions and and the not very convincing explanation, the, the, uh, then we take the Newsnight interview and you you start to put all that together then you take the the lyrics of the awful song that you mentioned you mm-hmm. you know you start to get a very clear picture about what's really going on here do you not yes you do yes you do it's a very very obvious um bias on the part of the bbc which is bizarre yeah. given that it was a bbc journalist who broke the news about the the uh, bad practice going on in the Tavistock, it's a very strange. That's right. I mean, maybe they're trying to balance both sides, but they're failing miserably. Um, the the what, uh, yeah, I just it, sorry, go on. I was gonna, I was just gonna say that if people really want to hear this song, I'll include a um, link to the video in the show notes, um, and you can judge for yourself whether this is or is not a uh, kind of. Um, hideous middle-class vanity project that they're engaged in. (laughs) The video includes several performers from the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which uh, coincidentally reminded me why I very, very rarely go to the Vauxhall Tavern anymore. Um, And the lyrics themselves are so cringe. Non-binary resistance. What do you think you're resisting, for heaven's sake? They really think they're, you know, the spirit of 68, revolutionaries. You know, it's 
you couldn't be more bourgeois and pretentious. I was, I was about to use exactly that word. It's so bourgeois. It's like you know the lunatic fringes of capitalism. If you if you want to be all Marxist about this, have now made the body a consumer good. Um, mm -hmm. In addition to that. What's happened is that there is an elite corporate-sponsored false revolution. You can join. You can sign up for your gender, and you yeah. know you'll you'll get you'll get played on the BBC. You'll get corporate sponsorship. You'll be you know you'll get you'll be able to command the support of everyone at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, a gay bar that you and I would probably not be welcome in anymore, no. and. You can be indulged by every union, every university, every big corporate, and you're playing at being a revolutionary with mm -hmm. your non-binary. I mean, what? It, let's remember, non-binary doesn't exist and is the yeah. ultimate expression of bourgeois narcissism. Um, the idea that you paint yourself as a revolutionary—that's one way of looking at it—is the left-wing analysis. The other way of looking at it is—is is the one we've just been through, which is to say, these people have have you know become scions of a new puritanical religion, and mm. they don't even realise it. No, they, they don't. don't. Even they don't. It. They think they're revolutionary, <laughs> but they couldn't be more establishment if they tried. They really could exactly. not. Oh dear, oh dear, yeah. oh dear. The video is so <laughs> cringy. I mean, and <laughs> I don't yeah. like to, um, you know, dunk on people for their appearance. But this woman who's describing herself as non-binary, she couldn't be more binary looking if she tried. She has long <laughs> curly hair. She's, you know, a sort of plumpish woman. What are you resisting? Yeah. What are you resisting? What would be more interesting would be if you look like this and you just expressed the view that it's fine for you to have these moments where you feel a bit more masculine, a bit more butch, you know, that would be resistance. But no, you know, it's like non-binary resistance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to be storming the battlements of the Bastille of gender, aren't you? Don't these people ever sit down and, and feel guilty about the fact that they've obviously never had an original thought in their life? Everything they say about their non-binary identity is a copy of something someone else said or invented on the mm. internet. The, mm -hmm. the wholesale adoption of this top-down, moribund, rather basic, incoherent philosophy by the heart of thinking... I just, I just wonder how people intellectually sort of look at themselves in the mirror. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like 50 years ago, you would not have been non-binary. And the reason for that is that nobody told you you were. And the reason you are non-binary today is that somebody told you that this mm -hmm. was a thing. And, mm -hmm. you, and you've just lapped it up uncritically. Right? Oh, yes. You know, oh, yes. And uh, you know what? They are revolutionaries in one way. They are the... Go on tricoteurs that would sit knitting <laughs> at the base of the guillotine watching the aristocracy having their heads lopped off that's what they are yeah. basically that's the only way in which they're even remotely related to something revolutionary <laughs> yes yes i'm full of the full of the references today if you do want a Love really it. good example of how this kind of thing operates you could do well 
you could do um what's the word i'm looking for you could do, do worse yes you could do worse than read arthur miller's play the crucible we are going through yeah. a crucible moment at this very point in time. So prescient. Yeah. I mean, it was written about McCarthyism, but you could apply it mm. to everything that's been happening in the last few uh, years with regards to gender. And yeah. talking of this, talking of this, mm. the, um, the Salem witch trial girls have been at Richard Ioardi's throat this week. Why is that, you might ask? Well, they've seen Goody Ioardi consorting with Ye Devil last Lammas yeah. Eve because he wrote a favourable comment for Graham Linehan's soon-come memoirs entitled Tough Crowd. He wrote... Mm. Um, or there was there was a larger a longer a longer quote, but the thing that appeared on the front cover of Graham Linehan's forthcoming memoirs was uh, this quote: "His brilliance in prose is equal to his brilliance as a screenwriter." It also contains an endorsement from Jonathan Ross: "A must-read book, funny and utterly compelling." But the TQ plus be kind Gestapo have declared themselves not happy by saying mm. they are disappointed, devastated. In one case, <laughs> saying he's overrated anyway. General <laughs> boo-hooing of the kind we've come to expect. This is a sample tweet. Yeah. This is from someone called Flo. This is genuinely, quote, this is genuinely so, so upsetting for many people, including myself. Many AORD fans are queer. His weirdness and awkward screen presence are such a lifeline for people who think they too are weird and different. Also, F Jonathan Ross too, but not surprised. This is because Jonathan Ross has said something complimentary about J.K. Rowling in the past, another witch that yeah. they burnt on the stake. Now, Richard yeah. Ayoade, I checked his Twitter timeline to make sure that he's not groveling to these fools. Um, he hasn't tweeted anything out since last year, I don't think. And then it was something about his own book. So I doubt very much he's going to be joining into this uh, Twitter pylon of him. And he'd do well not mm. to, because if the experience, mm. of, if the experience of Roisin Murphy's taught us anything, it's not to ever apologize because nothing is ever good enough he'd be better off mm. ignoring them and they'll go yeah. away there'll be another hate figure next week so yeah, i think you're right on that and i saw um professor kath stock say exactly this and she she would know obviously with everything she's been through which is that if you apologize to them they do tend to construe that as weakness and then they really go for the jugular because yeah. because that's how that's how bullies act right if you show a bully yeah. weakness that they capitalize on it this is not a good faith interaction where any apology would ever be good enough um but yeah good on richard i already for actually sticking his neck out and mm. saying you know saying what he said about what no i haven't got a copy yet but um sorry graham i will but um what is no doubt going to be hilarious because you know what glenn yeah. is like he's not he's not gonna hold back is he no. he's, uh, <laughs> you know it's gonna be how close to the wind is he sailing on libel i wonder um it'll be uh, it'll be it, it, it you know it's gonna be a rip roaring 
uh, book, I, I would have thought. But yeah, yeah, really good on Richard Iowide just, you know, metaphorically sticking two fingers up to these people. Jonathan Ross has always been good on this issue. Jonathan yeah. Ross famously answered the Staniland question some time ago in, mm-hmm. in, in a sensible fashion and just said, no, I wouldn't have naked blokes getting changed next to girls, which used to be a fairly commonly held position. Uh-huh. Now yep. is, as you know, is blasphemy. Transphobic. Um, transphobic. The world, yeah, the world's gone mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's transphobic. It's, it's hateful. It's Nazi, actually, Clive. Mm-hmm. Um, Nazi, yeah. Yeah. There was, I saw quite a funny exchange on Twitter where someone was having a meltdown and saying, oh, I used like Richard Iowardy, but now I think he's terrible. And that doesn't matter though, because I love Peep Show and I'll just always watch um, <laughs> David Mitchell and Robert Webb. <laughs> and of course, someone had to say, well, there's something you don't know about Mr. Webb. <laughs> because for people that don't know, Robert Webb correctly and famously criticised mermaids mm-hmm. for you know being the ghoul show that, they are. It turns out Robert Webb was correct. Mermaids now being under statutory safeguarding investigation, which we've we've covered a hundred times. Um, but yeah, that was quite a funny meltdown. I, I thought, and it's interesting. There's, I don't know if cancellation is losing its bite. You know, because if we take the two examples, right, Rasheen's at number one. Everyone's talking about her. She is, I have to say, she's merrily tweeting and being quite defiant. And I I love her for that. She Mm -hmm. even put up a video where she put up all the five-star reviews and she included five stars from The Guardian. And as we know, The Guardian reviewer said, gave it five stars, but said there's an ugly stain on the album and then sort of Uh banged on about puberty blockers. But good on her. Rasheen was quite defiant, included the five stars. I don't get a sense that Richard Iwadi's been cancelled. I don't know. What do you, is it? Is it losing its bite? Do you think? Perhaps. Well, I think I think somebody said on X um, that they're a bit confused because they don't like what Richard Iwadi's done, but he's not a woman, so they don't know how to proceed. If she, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if he were true. a woman, it would be really clear what they'd do. There'd be a multi trans pylon um calling her a turf and a bitch and a nazi and all this sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. All the usual yeah yeah but they don't know quite what to do with richard awadi because being as he's a man these tactics aren't going to work as well or frankly they're too they're too scared of attacking men in the same way basically yeah uh, yeah i think that's right yeah yeah, it's it's misogyny, basically. Misogyny. We've known this. If yeah, he were I a woman so, if he were a woman, mm. he would be dragged from here till tea time. But because he's not a woman, yeah. well, we're just kind of disappointed and oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was over. <laughs> he was overrated anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For oh. God's sake! Um, that brings us, I think, to what I thought was quite a sad exchange this week. Mm-hmm. I'd say Kathy Burke um, tweeted about Graham's book. And it, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Kathy Burke once appeared in. Um, uh, a quite, a, I think, a really popular actually TV comedy called "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme," along mm-hmm. with um, uh, an actor, James Dreyfus. James is brilliant, yeah, and a lovely, lovely bloke. James was one of the signatories to a letter some years ago, and it was a letter from a load of gay rights activists. Um, Kate Harris and Bev Jackson signed it. The letter was to Stonewall, mm-hmm. and it was 
following Ruth Hunt adopting uncritically a sort of extreme trans agenda, yeah. and she, which I remind everyone, as Anya Palmer always points out, she promised that she wouldn't do that if she became CEO, but she went back on that promise. Thank, thanks a lot, Ruth. We've got a lot to thank you for in this debate. Anyway, it was about the time of no debate. Stonewall were just saying, no one can question us. There will be no debate because yeah. that's what authoritarians do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Kate, James, Bev, I think Simon Fanshawe, you know, all the, you know, some quite senior figures in gay rights wrote to Stonewall. And all they said in the letter was, you know, we can't have no debate. We need to discuss this. We need to talk about the implications for this. It was literally just a request for a conversation. Now, Mm That marked the beginning of a very, very bitter, toxic period in the schism, really, in Mm. in gay rights and the gay community that Ruth Hunt, Nancy Kelly, Ian Anderson, Michael Cashman at Stonewall have given us. And James was quite brutally cancelled. He, at the time, he'd been recording, there's these Doctor Who audio stories Mm. and there's a character in Doctor Who called the Master who is the Doctor's nemesis he's the sort of mirror image of the Doctor and James was playing the Master and that's quite a big part in Doctor Who and one imagines that would have been a good income and a good thing to have on his CV anyway for his troubles and for daring to challenge Stonewall not only was he brutally punished in terms of you know offers of TV work drying up he was then removed Stalinist again, mm, like yeah. from the Doctor Who back catalogue. If you search for the stuff where he's playing the master, you won't find it. He was deleted, completely deleted. And if if anyone's interested in this, James gives a very touching interview about explaining all of this. Um, and I believe it was to a chap from The Spectator, who sometimes does podcast style interviews and 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 what happened to james is just just appalling now anyway back at the story james has never been anything other than courteous pleasant or nice about kathy burke kathy burke is a much loved comic actress she's a great comic actress as it happens she's also a great actress she was in Mm. i think she was in nil by mouth and a few other things like that she's a really 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 good actress and she is fantastic and she's got a massive range. She, like she can play comedy characters like Kevin and Perry, the teenagers in Harry Enfield, and that mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, she's much loved. Anyway, responding to Graham Linehan's book, Kathy Burke said this: "That bloke, bloke in capital letters, with the book coming out. That's Graham. Okay, so that bloke with the book coming out once tweeted at me demanding why I wasn't sticking up for another bloke on here." The other bloke is James Dreyfus, who right. you know is supposed to be supposed to be her friend. She didn't even say wouldn't even say his name. All in the name of women's rights, apparently. That's the funniest thing he's written in a while. To be fair, I just apps, you know, mm. um, total she... betrayal. You might think of a friend. Um, no mention of the fact that. The reason James was cancelled, James would not have been cancelled if he wasn't a gay man, right? The cancellation was about gay politics. The Mm -hmm. cancellation was about no debate in gay politics. Cathy Burke doesn't mention that. She doesn't mention that Graham was asking Cathy to stand up for James Dreyfus when he was being brutally cancelled. No, here she is 
won't even say James's name. Won't even give us the proper context. No. Um, I see a comment here from a, a Twitter user, Antonia Francis. He says, quote, another bloke, question mark. James is your friend who you worked with for a long time. He still won't have a bad word said about you. He's such a gent. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think some... And Graham Lunham responds, exactly. He is loyal and, and she is not. And and lots of people, you know, good people have piled in to, to say, come on, this is not, mm. not okay. Mm. But, you know, what a, what a disappointment, Clive. I thought, I don't know, I thought she might be better than that. but Well, I would have thought it. so. I would have thought so too. I mean, she not only worked with him on Gimme, 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 she also worked with him on Absolutely Fabulous. He was the character oh, yeah, in yeah, that, yeah. and she was um, she played a fashion editor in it as well. So they've yeah, worked together right. on a number of occasions. You know, they were the co-stars of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. So it really is disappointing to see her behave yeah. in this way. And yeah. uh, But then she's, you know, she's kind of signed herself up to this gender stuff Anyway, she did a documentary recently. Uh, well, when I say mm. recently, it might have been in the last five years. My timeline in my head is, uh, I don't know if the same is happening to you, but things that I thought happened two years ago turns out to be 20 years ago, and things that I thought happened yeah. last week turn out to be 10 years ago. Anyway, she did a documentary, and um, they discussed as that, as part of that, they discussed gender if i'm recalling correctly and uh she was all over it like a tramp on chips basically oh this is you know what young people are wonderful etc etc so she's kind of signed up to this she said that she loves being woke and all this sort of stuff so of course she's gonna tweet out stuff like this because it's on brand for her her you know current brand but uh, you would have expected a little bit more loyalty from somebody who has worked with this man closely for a number of mm. years on what was a hit sitcom at the time. So it was good for mm. her career. And certainly yeah. and- wor- working on Ab Fab cannot have been bad for her profile. No, um, not at all. And mm. one of the sad things that's happened as a result of this, because obviously, you know, she's said this, I think, rather dishonorable thing. I don't, you know, I don't think no one would want a friend like that in their life, really, would they? Um, no. Just totally. I think the expression is throw him under the bus. That's what it's like, it seems. Um Obviously, lots of people have responded saying, you know, you are throwing him under the bus. But... There's now a backlash which appears to be directed at James Dreyfus himself. I read a charming tweet this morning that said that James Dreyfus is worse than AIDS. And, uh, and, you know, these people, like, saying that to gay men of our era is really quite something. It's like, you know, Mm. anyway, so solidarity, if you're listening, James, solidarity, and we all love you, mate, you know, and I suppose this is the problem with gender and and with any kind of McCarthyist bit of time is that it, it really throws very starkly into sharp relief who the heroes and the villains are and they're not always the people you would expect because sometimes you only find out who your friends are when the chips are really down and when people 
you know, you have to be brave to support James. You have to say, um, no, I don't agree with his cancellation. He hasn't said anything wrong. He was right to challenge Stonewall, etc. And she, she's failed that test. And I, we do see that in gender, don't we? It's like I saw Ian McKellen say something really stupid the other day. I think Cashman's been talking to him and is saying, oh, the concern about, you know, these age inappropriate lessons like the Welsh curriculum where they're teaching kids about BDSM and mm -hmm. rubbish like yeah. that. Yeah. Ian McKellen has been persuaded by Michael Cashman that that's a new section 28. And you just have for God's sake, you know, could we not, could we not have like one senior gay man stand up and actually talk sense about this? Um, but, but, but there we are. That's, that's what happens in these, these difficult times, isn't it? As I say, well, yeah, and I always thought it was kind of an unwritten um, sort of code of show business that you don't slag off other performers. I thought mm. that that was kind of the the thing to do, that you don't dunk on other turns. Because, yeah. you know, James has lost work. Kathy Burke's career is fine. So really, yeah. you're, sort of, you're sort of punching down someone who yeah. you once were a colleague of yep at, at yeah. the very least maybe even a, a friend you know yep. yep i think it's really there shitty we, what okay. she's done really shitty i agree i agree and, i mean uh, i should say she's not the only one in fairness of course you not. know there are a, there are a number of others who are similarly awful but to see it from someone who you would presume would be close to him is, is pretty sad i suppose i suppose the only lighter note on all of this story is to say as glenna very cheekily did glenna put out a tweet thanking like all the rabid people on the other side because of course we've had the streisand effect that the more they try and cancel richard iowadi or the more that you know people are having a go at james dreyfus the more and more this book is doing well i think it was at number one in amazon a little while back it might <laughs> might have gone down to like two three but then back up to two you know it's doing well yeah they can't cancel the book <laughs> they can't and it's available for pre-order on amazon or you can buy it from the publisher themselves and get a signed yeah. copy uh from yeah. graham himself very That's sad true. but then as i say gender turns everything it touches to shit and it's turned a friendship <laughs> to shit, it appears, yeah, which is there. very sad to see. So who, who do you think mm. benefits from this? It's certainly not you. Mm. It's certainly not James Dreyfus. Why, why yeah. are you doing this? I cannot understand why people do this. You know, as I told you, mm. I, a, a, a friend of mine, he's not just an online friend. He's someone that I've met several times in real life. And he just unfriended me out of the blue. He's uh, really? yeah, he's a gay man, and he's uh, yeah. mar married to another gay man, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he's somehow involved in the literary scene and uh, right. the the queer literary scene. So for some reason, yeah. I got dumped, and I can only assume it's because of the views that I've expressed. I can't think of any other reason. The last time we met, it was perfectly cordial. We had a really good laugh together. But then suddenly, unfriended. I can only mm. assume that I was bad for his profile on this uh, mm. you know, queer literary scene. So, you yeah. know, that's that, that. He's not a very close friend of mine, I'll be honest, you know, but he's someone that I've had a laugh mm. with. 
But the idea that this is somehow meant that I can't be in his friendship circle, you know, that that does kind of great. It must hurt even more if it's someone that you've previously been close to treating you like that, you know? Just and it's and it's infantile i mean there are there are people on the on, on the other side of the debate where you can where you can have discussions and i have to say one of the nice things that's happened with me over the past few weeks or so is that i've been having dms with you know people who where we're going to disagree on you know bits and pieces here and there but we, it's like the beginnings of some more cordial conversations about this area and that's what adults do adults are able to navigate these issues they're able to look at facts they're able to have you know discourse and discussion that's what you should have in a democracy and I mean, this is a bit bloody schoolyard, isn't it, Clive? Going around unfriending people, and, and and as we know, it happens all the time, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's the mean yeah. girls saying you can't sit with us. Yeah. Anyway, oh, well. <laughs> two, two other two other matters. Now, you've been reading the chicken entrails about the conversion therapy bill, and it's yeah. your sense that perhaps the whole thing is being ditched altogether? Is that what you were telling me earlier? Well, it looks like it. And I'm I'm basing that on, the, you know, the messaging coming from the government at the moment isn't exactly crystal clear, whether it's this issue or, I don't know, the guidance in schools. There's all sorts of different stories coming out about that. It's quite, it's quite hard to get a handle on exactly where the government are going at the moment. But... What I do know is that Stonewall, some Stonewall employees had a pathetic little protest outside Parliament. There's about six of them oh dear. with their little corporate placards, which were a bit too nice for an actual protest. You know, <laughs> someone spent some money on it, and and they even bought chairs and stuff along. Like they don't, you oh. know, they're not. I know it's like it's a really bourgeois Stonewally type protest. And um, anyway, their sense at Stonewall and they do have good parliamentary links, is that the bill has now been shelved. There are multiple reports of that happening as um, parliamentary time peters out, and it may be that there isn't enough parliamentary time for this, particularly because it was suggested that this bill go through a special procedure called pre-legislative scrutiny. Now, without boring everyone about that, that is a bit like where, say, in America, the Senate or... Um, the House of Representatives hold hearings and have you know people in to talk about an issue. It's a bit like that. There's there's hearings okay. and then then someone comes up with a draft bill. But the point is, pre-legislative scrutiny or PLS takes a bit longer because of those hearings. So it would seem that we don't have enough time for it. Now that's good news because we are all terrified about affirmation only coming in. Uh, by this bill and medics being criminalised or the chilling effect on medics dealing with children with gender dysphoria. So it's good on that point of view. On the other hand, one could say, well, that's almost dead in the water with the NHS interim service specification saying that puberty blockers should not be routinely prescribed at all, really, um, mm -hmm. before age 18, apart from exceptional cases, which have to go to a special high-up board before that could happen. So it, 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 it's sort of good and, good and bad, because it, it does then raise the prospect of us saying, well, if the Conservatives lose the next election, which the 
polling at the moment says that they should, but one never really knows. The polling said that Neil Kinnock should have beaten John Major. So we just, you know, they always narrow to mm-hmm. the election. But if we do have a Labour government, it rather throws the spotlight on, well, are Labour going to stick by what they've always said, which is they would have a, quote, trans-inclusive healthcare ban. And if th- if that is the... Is if that is the question? I'm sorry, I've, I've got my words wrong there slightly. It would be a trans-inclusive ban. Our question is, where does that leave healthcare? Um, it may be that we're sort of having the same battle with a Labour government, and I worry about that because one of the things that Labour governments do, um, I think, in contradistinction, generally speaking, to Conservative governments, is they tend to have a rack of of bills lined up ready to pass. And certainly if the first term Blair government is anything to go by and the Starmer government, I think, might look like that, you're not you're going to have quite an energetic House of Commons and it will be churning out legislation. Now, the worst possible thing we could do is rush a piece of legislation like this. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I do feel... Obviously, conversion therapy bill is something we focus on at Gay Men's Network because we're worried about, you know, autistic and gay kids and looked after kids at these gender clinics. I do worry about what this issue is going to look like fairly soon because it's sort of been in a in a holding pattern. But um, anyway, yeah, that's all I can say about it, really, Clive. By way of an update, I think that's that's where we are on it for the time being. Okay, so again, watch this space. It's, yeah. it's going to be yeah. interesting if if the Labour government does go ahead with this. It's going to be interesting how they're going to define trans conversion therapy and not uh, conflict with the CAS recommendations for new gender identity services. Things have yeah. moved on somewhat since this was first touted. So it's going to be yeah. very difficult for them to define uh, trans uh, conversion therapy which it seems to have been difficult to define all along because any mm. of the any of the um stories or or uh testimony of trans conversion therapy actually when you dig down into it it's a uh, gay conversion therapy that they're talking yeah. about and practices yeah. that are already they're not part of regular clinical practice their practices yeah. that would also fall under other laws, such as mm. false imprisonment. There yeah. are their practices that could be challenged under the Human Rights Act, under the right to be free yeah. from torture or inhumane treatment. So it's very difficult to know what a conversion therapy ban would actually add to that. So mm. we'll have to wait and see, I guess. All I do we know will, is we will. Mm. All I do know is Sorry. that formal, formerly gay charities like uh, Stonewall, the trans rights uh, campaigning organization, that they've been mm. presenting this as if this is something that's urgent. It needs to happen yesterday. Yeah. And it's you have to bonkers. wonder why that is. You have to wonder why that is. And I long think that it's been an attempt to shut down any form of therapy other than so-called gender-affirming care. Yeah. And when, and when you consider they have zero medical qualifications, my goodness, doesn't that campaigning look utterly reckless, to say the very least? You know, well, it's, it's, um, it's hollow, 
to say the least. You cannot make the mm. claim that puberty blockers are essential life-saving medical care anymore. The evidence is in yeah. that it doesn't do yeah. what you have claimed that it does. So yeah. the debate That's has moved on right. without you. All this, yep. all this time you've been saying there's no debate. Well, the debate has already been happening and you haven't been part of it. Now suddenly you want to be part around the table. Well, sorry. It's yeah, happening. it's such an odd preoccupation. You know, we could have de de done with the conversion therapy ban, I don't know, 50 years ago. You know, I mean, the way yeah. Stone will talk about it, you'd think you'd think every gay boy or every lesbian was being marched off for um, state-sponsored conversion therapy. Now, as I've opined before, the Orwellian reality, I'm afraid, is that there is a form of conversion therapy going on, which they won't discuss, which, as we know, is taking the 80 to 90% same-sex attracted cohort at the Tavistock, telling them they've got the wrong bodies and putting them into a machine that will allow them to pass as heterosexuals. Um, yes. That's, that's yeah. the real conversion therapy which because we live in the mad timeline gay charities are not only being silent about they are actively bloody supporting i mean you do have to i, I do just you got to pinch yourself sometimes clive you know you, you have think, you have you know how did we get here <laughs> well that's the subject for another day maybe a queen's speech yeah. special that will be only open <laughs> to <laughs> to paid <Yeah>. subscribers <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, talking of um, medical shenanigans, you've got, I've got a story about yeah, um, the GMC. Rebecca mm. Says No, who um, I am determined to get on the show at some point, has documented yeah. over many, many uh, months, years, the uh, capture of medical institutions by gender. She recently pointed out that... Uh, there are a number of uh, doctors who have altered their gender on the GMC mm. register. So we have trans-identified males who have registered their gender as female. Right. Gender being used as a synonym for sex, obviously. But uh, because right. of things that have happened in the last five years, gender can now be whatever you identify as. And yeah. women are quite rightly outraged by this because it militates against them requesting and requiring same-sex care. Because if a yeah. doctor can be registered as female when he isn't, they could class yeah. that as same-sex care. The other thing right. that, uh, of course, you detect in this is the dead, cold hand of GLAD, not G-L-A-A-D, but the... Um, what is it? The Association of, Tr of LGBTQIA yeah. plus doctors and dentists uh, with our old friend, Dr. Joe Nails Hartland being part of that. God, yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, they've been, they've advocated for a long time for a genderless medical register. So yeah. people's gender wouldn't be, wouldn't be recorded at all, which is, mm kind really? of assuming that the medical register is there to pander to the feelings of trans-identified doctors and dentists. This is not the case. This is a public record that is accessible to the public, and it's for the benefit of patients and users 
of medical services. It's not for the benefit of the individual practitioner. It's like these people who think that birth certificates are there for the parents when they're there for the Mm. child. They're there for the child. You know, any profession, to be called a profession, has to be self-regulating, and it has to be a register. There has to be a register kept of those um, people who are qualified professionals. That is for the public, not for practitioners. It's astounding to me that they've decided to go down this route because it means that a woman who wants same-sex care for whatever reason can be fobbed off with a man in a dress because his gender says female on the GMC register. Yeah. And uh, Rebecca highlighted um, something that I thought was very concerning and doesn't get talked about enough in this debate. Um, This is a problem per se, right? Um, There should be a right, there is a right, isn't there, to same-sex care. We we have that for perfectly understandable reasons. But one of the subgroups in all this where that that really matters are highly religious um, people in in the main women, right? So where's where's the concern for, I don't know, in English as a second language, Muslim? patient where's the concern for a very orthodox jewish woman right where's and I'm, I'm not saying that those those concerns are necessarily better than anyone else's claim but it, it it is a useful example of who gets forgotten in all of this because the primacy of gender above all else it would seem just drives an absolute coach and horses through well, basic patient rights and mm-hmm. subsets of patients where there, there are particular concerns about that. I and mean, it's just, uh, I have to say, you know, a shout out once again, if I may, Rebecca just seems to work all the hours, God sends. She's doing sterling work on this. And um, we, we should include a link, if we may, Clive, to her, her Twitter account, actually, on this episode, because she forensically catalogues the capture of medicine and mm-hmm. when, when you yeah. read some of this stuff and you you know because these lots are so good at getting themselves on committees getting themselves on s- things that write policy papers like there is an opportunity cost to gender and the people who are motivated and have really bought this religion they will put the hours in um and if you if you look at rebecca's twitter feed about the nhs you you'll be you'll be a bit shocked about this there's a there's another woman who's who's absolutely brilliant who does the same in respect of um psychiatry and and stuff like that uh, uh, as well whose name escapes me for for a moment but i'll try and remember it for the next episode but sorry i've got it now it's dr p who at twitter is at psych girl 211 30 year qualified um doctor clinical psychology certified expert witness she's a brilliant and her expertise mm-hmm. in, in this area. A bit like when you listen to Stella O'Malley, um, who actually, sorry, while I'm doing recommendations, Stella O'Malley's interview with Brendan O'Neill about her new book, um, which is called, which she's co-authored, which is called When Kids Say They're Trans. Mm, yeah. She did an interview with Brendan O'Neill, uh, which is available at Spiked. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, St- Stella is, and, and her friends have, you know, tried to put together almost like a guidebook for, for parents who are sort of frantic and having a terrible time. And it sounds like a really important, really, really helpful book. So, I, so I'm doing some shout outs here. I, I do recommend that one as well, if I may. 
Yes, we will put a link to that in the uh, show notes slash description. Uh, Rebecca was talking about an organisation called the Association for the Study of Medical Education and their Mm. involvement in, obviously, medical education. And they put out um, a leaflet and (laughs) there was a very ironic little thing there. Uh, One of the quotes was, uh, no more meaningless platitudes, when the whole Mm -hmm. leaflet was full of bloody meaningless platitudes about gender. (laughs) I mean, come on, do you not see the irony? And all of the people, all of the people who were quoted were were, um, represented by line drawings and... uh, not surprising <laughs> when you look at the yeah. look at the when you compare the line drawing to the actual person that they are quoting you know it's the uh, yeah it's the snapchat filter phenomenon yeah. for trans identified yeah. males obviously but um <laughs> done on this leaflet <laughs> you know no photos yeah. just line drawings we don't want to we don't want to disadvantage our trans sisters do we yeah (laughs) god they're endless i hate those infantile drawings and stuff that the other side just churn out they're always Mm -hmm. creepy (laughs) they're always there's always something quite uncanny valley about them they're always a bit creepy (laughs) just uh, they delight in this sort of childlike way of communicating it's like the childlike repetition you know when you see amnesty tweeting you know, a phrase that they'll repeat four times or something. You think, oh, God, you yeah, guys are yeah. bloody kids, honestly. If you do it in all capitals, oh, well. if you write it in all yeah, capitals that's right. and say it six <laughs> times, it becomes yeah. truth. Trans women are women. Trans women are women. Trans women. It's yeah, like yeah, if you yeah. look in the mirror and say Candyman five times, he'll appear behind you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> But there's oh, also dear. news on the medical front from the US, Dennis. You were saying about um, medical malpractice suits. Yeah, we've got a few that are that are coming through at the at the moment, and they are the you know a bit like Richie Heron's case in this country. They are people, um, although, although Richie transitioned as an adult. Um, these are these are you know the victims of gender and and affirmation only type situations um the latest case involves um a girl who was given a double mastectomy age 16 clive 16 years of age would you believe that um now this this should be really interesting because in america the damages you can get for this sort of thing particularly if you go to trial and particularly if a state has a rule that a jury set the damages um, American U.S. juries tend to hand out quite large damages awards. Now, mm-hmm. this this is of a piece with another interesting story that broke this week, which was that a, a hospital in Washington is now refusing basically to do any sort of you know mutilation of children. And the statement they put out was rather revealing. They said that the reason they were no longer doing it is not because they'd had like an ethical crisis or actually listened mm. to anyone. Yeah. No, no, no. Their statement said in black and white, um, this area of medicine pr- uh, presents, quote, an unsustainable um, potential liability. Now, what they mean by that is we could get sued to hell. 
and I thought that was rather revealing. You know, yes. we're not we're not prepared to take the risk of being sued, but you should you the the kids you should be prepared to take the risk that one day this might be so awful you might want to sue us. It's mm -hmm. just so telling. Now, this will be this this will be an interesting area. There is something going on in the insurance markets. Australian actuaries some time ago just flat out um, stopped providing insurance to medical practitioners for, for these sorts of ghoulish experiments. I think the actuaries know something that we don't about this. And it's interesting to see this beginning to change. Um, you know, it may be, I've said it before, it takes a market to kill a market. It may mm. be that the market yeah in medical negligence actions is what finally brings the market in child mutilation to a close. It is perhaps sad that it has to be that way, but frankly, I'll take any win I can get. And if that's the straw that breaks the camel's back, so be it. Um, yes. So yeah, that's what's, that's what's happening there. Well, not, not carrying out any future child mutilations, of course, won't protect them from being sued for past child mutilations. Mm. Um, they're mm. obviously trying to restrict their liability, aren't they, for uh, future yeah. cases. I don't care yeah. if that's what it takes, to be honest with you. If that's what it takes to end the uh, surgical mutilation of underage people in this fashion, I'm all for yeah. it. I'm all for it. Well, we can maybe see uh, gender slowly falling in the USA which is going to be marvelous to behold. Of course, there are there are states that have declared themselves to be sanctuary states, um, and there mm. are individual cities that have declared themselves to be sanctuary cities, as we've seen, and as we've talked about yeah. on previous uh, podcasts. I don't think that's going to be mm. sustainable. Once I've, We've said this yeah. before. Once the lawsuits start rolling in, then gender will start rolling back. Yeah, it makes me think, actually, we should get Chris from Gays Against Groomers back on again, because I know they've been very active recently. I think they had a meetup in New York, which was protested by the gender clowns. So <laughs> yes, shout, out, yes. shout out to Chris and pals. Well done for that. But if you follow that account, it does seem like every other day, um, you know, sensible states are, are outlawing these practices. So it would be um, interesting, I think, to, to have a sort of US focus show at some point and just do a catch up to, to see where we are. Because as we've discussed before, we're now getting a real patchwork. And I'm, I'm not a, a US lawyer, but I, I did notice that one of the concerns in the Washington statement was lawsuits coming from out of the state. Now, that's interesting because you've got all the constitutional law about equal protection and, and that's in terms of constitutional rights. I'm not quite sure how it works with a tortious action for damages like this. But um, yeah, let's have, let's have a look at that and, and see what's going on. Well, I would have thought the liability lies with the hospital that did this to you. So if you had mm. it done in Washington, but uh, you live in California, then they're still liable, surely. Would have thought so. The question is, if you are in a state so some some states statute bar your right to sue the hospital, okay? And the sanctuary states make it really, really hard to sue a gender hospital. So the interesting question, though, is what if you bring the action outside of state? 
um, and you're not bound by that. And I think that was one of the concerns by Washington. Um, but in any event, I should emphasize now for listeners, I'm way outside my depth here. I'm not a US lawyer. I know how this would work in the United Kingdom, but I, I'm just sort of speculating <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> Okie doke. Well, we shall find out. Okay. Yeah. I think we're more or less done, aren't we? I think we are. Um, if I may, I just want to say two things. The first was huge respect to Helen Joyce and Maya Fostata, who did an event in Manchester last week, and for their troubles, ah, yes. got followed down the road by a group of thugs, well, bourgeoisie type thugs, mm -hmm. who were ch chanting the most charming stuff. F the full word Helen Joyce was being shouted at her. Mm -hmm. um, they smiled and showed defiance. Billy Bragg then said, oh, they can't be that scared. They were smiling. Well done, Billy. You just, I mean, the depths of misogyny with you, mate. It's like an onion. <laughs> oh my God. Every layer we go past, there's a new one. It's like a Russian doll of misogyny. So anyway, yeah, I did, want, I did want to send a shout out to them. And of course, um, Let Women Speak Dublin, because we're recording on a Saturday morning. That's going to begin in 20 minutes. So I'm mm -hmm. sure our social media feeds and everything is going to be full of, of that. Very best of luck to everyone yep. there today. Please stay safe. I hope the Guardi do a good job looking after you. I hope the other side aren't, you know, their normal selves. And I and I hope that, you know, to... to use the name of the protest i hope they let women speak that would be nice you know <laughs> rather than yes because of course you know i do notice that the women concerned don't go to trans events and drown them out you know delightful gatherings where people like sarah so-called sarah jane parker say if you see a turf effing punch them in the face and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but, um, yeah very best of luck to everyone in dublin today that was the only th other thing i wanted to say clive yes very best of luck to you dublin okay well I think we're done for the day. We're coming up to the one hour plus mark. So yep. um, thank you, Mr. Dennis, for coming along and talking about these Not things. Thank you Not to thank you. listeners, viewers, subscribers, sharers. Please do more to amplify the, uh, the show and get me more subscribers on YouTube. I've got 3,500 plus subscribers wow. now aiming for 4,000 by the end of the year, which isn't that far away. Um, on Substack, just 200 subscribers at the moment, but growing and listens on Spotify and the various uh, podcast platforms that the podcast version of this is uh, being published on. So that includes Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Cast uh, Radio, I think it's called, can't remember. Mm. Um, Radio Public, a few other people. Anyway, wherever you get your podcasts, we should be available to you. So thank you very much, everyone. Keep sharing, keep subscribing, keep subscribing to the Substack, and uh, keep sending donations as well via Buy Me A Coffee or via PayPal Me. So we will see you next week when no doubt we will have something else to discuss in the wonderful world of gender. Have a lovely weekend, right. everyone, and we'll see you then. Bye. 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 God save the Queen, my son. <laughs>